0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1937. Be prepared to go on an amazing journey with an amazing woman. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Colorado with a very special returning guest here on Cars Yeah by the name of Renee Brinkerhoff. Renee, welcome back to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear and are you ready to release the clutch? <laughs>
1: Mark, it's always so great to be on the show with you, and thanks for inviting me again. I'm ready to
0: roll. Uh, You're always ready to roll, no doubt, and it's really good to have you back. I was thinking back, I think I was one of the first people to interview you on a podcast way back in October of 2017. You were guest number 785, today you're number 1937, so I've talked to quite a few people, including both your daughters have been on the show too, Juliet and Christina, right? Oh
1: gosh, that's exactly right, and they are definitely a part of this journey, so how
0: fun. You're definitely fun. I think you're the only mother and two daughters. Now, I've had fathers and sons, fathers and daughters, daughters and sons, and all sorts of combinations, but I think you're the first family, uh, all three members of your family, uh, excluding your husband, of course, but have been guests on the show, so I think that's pretty darn cool. Let me give you a proper introduction, but before I do, I didn't ask this question back when you were on the show before. What's one little thing that most people may not know know about you, Renee?
1: Wow that's such a good question huh i think I think there's a a misconception that uh I started racing because this was something I'd always wanted to do, and it wasn't it really was a have to I have to go to do this race a has I'm going to go do this race one time I've been saying this I realized I'd been telling myself for decades one day i'm going to race a cart on on me one day I've been saying that. like, Oh great. Now I got to go do that. (laughs) So they think it was like, Oh, she got to, she really wanted to, she was always wanting to, that wasn't it at all. But here we are. And who that turn in my life, so unexpected. And,
0: um, it's amazing. And, you know, for, for listeners here that didn't hear my talk with Renee back in 2017, go back and listen to that show. You can find all the past guests here on Carjia yeah on my website. Renee has come a long way since then. And let me give you a proper introduction, a new introduction, because you have accomplished quite a bit <laughs> since that first race down in Mexico, the La Carrera Panamericana. And this next adventure is absolutely uh, mind blowing. Renee Breakerhoff is headed to Union Glacier in an Antarctica on December 5th to complete 356 miles, I don't know how you figured that one out, but you'll understand that in a minute, listeners, on the ice in the interior of Antarctica in her polar Porsche. It's a 1956 Porsche 356, there's that number again, a coupe that's been engineered with skis and tracks to tackle snow and ice. The car is equipped with solar panels and her navigator will be the famous Jason de Cartier. Now, how do I say his last name pro- properly? De Cartier. De Cartier. There we go. My French is failing me, but. That was high school, so has been a while. The world record holder, Polar Explorer. But this isn't Renee's first rodeo, and it's not her first road trip. It is the culmination of her Valkyrie racing adventures, the apex of Project 356 that she alluded to at the beginning of our talk, a quest to race all seven continents in extreme rallies that she began back in 2013. When she competes this quest, she will be the first person to race a car on all seven continent you go girl her driving force is to raise awareness and funds to combat child trafficking globally what an important thing to do to date she and her team have raised nearly five hundred thousand dollars and they're working towards their goal of one million dollars by the time they return from the ice we're going to talk more about this next great adventure with renee but first a word from our sponsor so please give them a little listen keep your seatbelts on this is going to be quite an adventure we'll be right back I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code Yeah21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right. 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word Yeah21 at checkout. Yeah21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo That's right, the one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts, just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, Renee, we're back. So uh give our listeners. A little bit of a recap because I I want to focus more on what's upcoming than what you've done because there's every there's so much information out there about what you've done but a little recap of the great adventure rallies that you've already competed in before we take a deep deep dive, literally, well, hopefully it's not a deep dive. You don't want to fall through the ice in Antarctica in the Antarctica ice challenge. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires spinning or in your case, the treads rolling because this Porsche is quite amazing what you've done. So Renee, tell us a little bit about the history.
1: I started racing in my mid fifties. I had no car background, no racing background. And as I was saying earlier, it was right now I got to go do this thing. And then uh, it changed my life and the direction of my life. And our first race was the La Carrera and we, our team made history. We won our class that year in our debut race. We did the La Carrera four times and each time we were on that podium and we were an anomaly. We were uh, the only, typically the only female driven team and we were beating the guys in the big horsepower cars. And, we stood out and we had this voice and we thought, how can we use this voice? And that's how Project 356 World Rally Tour started was, let's take our voice and let's use it to do something to change the lives of children that are being trafficked. And uh, we started that in 2017. We went back to the La Creera. We won first in class that year. We went on to do Target Tasmania. And some sort of the progression of the races was the development of the car. The car was prepared as a tarmac rally car. So let's find another tarmac rally race for the next continent. And so there was Target Tasmania down there in Australia, and out of 30 cars, I was the only car driven by a woman, which is really weird. I had no idea if we got down there. Go figure. Where are, where are all those lady drivers? Yeah. And then and then from there we went on to Camino Salinka, and that's half gravel, half tarmac race, and that is an a, a all-purpose built modern rally car event, very much like a a World Rally Challenge um, mm. a race. And we were the only car to ever compete that wasn't modern. And we were in that 56 Porsche. And then from there, we went and did, I believe we did the Peking to Paris. I may be forgetting something here. <laughs> and, and again, that was 36 days, gosh, two continents and uh, crazy. I, I can't remember, 12,000 miles, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and uh, from there, we went and did the East African Safari And it was the first time to ever have a Porsche 356 in the history of that race compete. And uh, we made it to the finish. It was, there's a reason why people don't drive that car in that event. It was so brutal on the car. And our final challenge is coming in December, which will be in Antarctica, as you described. And we, you know, the symbolic 356 miles to pay tribute to this wonderful car that's taken us on this massive journey.
0: You know, it's absolutely incredible. And I talk about you a lot. I get invited to be a keynote speaker at Concord events and so forth. And I talk about things I've learned uh, listening and talking and interviewing so many people here on Cars. Yeah, And you're definitely one of the names that comes up all the time in my talk. I always use you as a great example of somebody that in your case, had to do something. You came up with this idea much later in life than most racers. Most racers, I just last week had two, a 14-year-old, and a 16-year-old, and an 18-year-old racer on the show. Most people start this kind of quest early, but what you've tackled so far is insane. And we're going to talk in depth about the Valkyrie Gives and this combating of child trafficking, which is so... Incredibly important. It's close to my heart. It's just hard to even fathom what happens to so many children around the world. But before we get into that, let's talk about this next adventure that's coming up because this is going to be very different in so many ways. And I have pictures, I'll post a picture on. Renee's show notes page in the Cars yeah website of what you had to do to this little 356 Porsche. I, 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 Renee and I were talking on the phone yesterday, and I said you are the Mad Maxine of Porsche 356s because it looks like something out of a Mad Max movie. So let's talk about the modifications needed on this little Porsche, uh, the Polar Porsche as you call it. It's really been re-engineered with skis and tracks. It's got a big snow plow on the front. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, and people look at that car and say, oh, it's like a snowmobile. You just made it into a snowmobile. It's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not. I mean, it is. it was a massive engineering accomplishment. And we had Kieran Bradley from the U.K. help us with the development of the car. And Kieran was chosen because he created the vehicle that uh, – the last two records of driving to the South Pole the fastest were in vehicles that he was involved as the, as the engineer. So, who better, right? He's been down there. He knows everything that could go wrong went wrong for them and what the stresses will be, what the challenges will be. So, he took that car. And it, originally, when I, I met with Kieran, I said, Kieran, I, I want to have tires. You know, but he said, what about this? I said, no, 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 we have to have tires. This car's always been on tires. Yeah. And then he proceeded to tell me, Renee, if you have tires, those tires will be 42-inch tires. You will have no car to drive. You <laughs> will have to cut out the door just to accommodate the tires. Yeah. So I said, oh, okay, great. Now what? So then it was the skis and the tracks. But there's uh, so many problems with the car. First, you're dealing with metallurgy from the 50s, right? And you're, and, you're, and and nowadays, everything is totally different type of metal. So whatever you make will have different types of metals. And there's the, the aspect that the car has been wrecked so many times. So there's all these different cracks and stress points and areas of weakness in the in just the body of the car. So he had to create underneath the body of the car something to support everything very uniquely mm. that would not get the car to literally crack or break open on the ice and oh, the, wow. as it had the metal split. And then of course there's weight displacement and Mark I could go on and on and just tell <laughs> you all about it but Um, one thing I think people find of interest is the car has no heater and uh, it never has had a heater since we've been racing it, right? Who needs a heater when you're racing? Right. And uh, it won't have one for this adventure either in in up to minus 40 degree temperatures.
0: Okay, that begs the question, how do you stay warm? You don't want to freeze to death while you're driving your car.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing that, you know, I've been really I haven't spent much time thinking about that lately because there's so much that's been involved in the preparation and the logistics and all and the, the curveballs that COVID sent our way. But I, I was here in Colorado last week in an outside vehicle that had no top, and I was bundled up appropriately. And I was freezing. And I said, "Well, oh, great. I'm already cold. <laughs> yeah. And I run cold, right? Some people run hot. I run cold. Yep. Uh-huh. And the thing I'm wondering about is my feet because oh, you yeah. you have you know you've got your clutch your brakes, yeah. your gas, you've got to work those things. Got you got to feel your feet. Massive, you got to feel your feet. You put these massive boots on to keep your feet warm. Well, that's not going to work. So uh, I think we'll do, well, that'll be one of the tests when we get down there is what pair of boots will actually allow me to use those pedals.
0: Oh my gosh, there's so many things to think about here. One of the things I noticed was your car is equipped with solar panels because you're basically going to have a, a team of an unsupported team, I guess is the way to say it. you guys are literally going to be sleeping on the ice. So what will the solar panels be powering? Is that just an extra, maybe that heater you're going to find that you've got to put in there.
1: You know, the communication would be one emergency communication. So if we do break down, there is no one around to help us. And right. we might be, and and the expense to have someone come out to help us is not something we could, um, we could do so. We have to be able to communicate, and if we're out of power, the battery's dead, or something happens, that we ha- we will you be able to power a sat phone? It'll be supplemental pow- power for the batteries of the car, to for the electronics of the car, which like I say, electronics, the electric features of the car. Um, so basically, it's just supplemental energy.
0: That makes sense. Now, I mentioned unsupported, meaning you got a team of people that are part of this whole thing, a, a fantastic team, uh, photography, film, logistics, uh, all sorts of different parts to this thing. And I know that in the past, Christina has been one of your daughters, who's been a guest on the show, has been part of your journey. In fact, wasn't she a navigator on one of your adventures? Do I have that right?
1: It was actually my daughter Juliet.
0: Oh, Juliet! I'm met. sorry, I got yeah. them mixed up. Mm-hmm. I've got the the Filmer <laughs> and <laughs> Juliet. Okay, there we go. So, uh, both adventurous young ladies. So, will either of your daughters be with you on this journey?
1: Yes, Christina. Uh, so, okay. Christina has been at gosh, uh, will be at five of the six races, and um. Yeah, she comes down and she's in charge of that still camera and she's amazing. A lot of those fantastic photos you see are her creation. And then we have one person uh, who's the film guy who's done a lot of work for top Gear. He'll be with us. And then we have Simon Redhead who's been uh, crewing as a mechanic for my car for all the races we've done since 2017. And then I have Jason DeCarteret who will be in the car with me and he is uh, he's done like over 50 expeditions. And several of those to the north and the south pole. Wow. So he will be the guy that says, "Here's a crevasse field, field in front of us. Uh, we're going to try going this way and not yeah. going that way." So he'll be charting our path on the ice with us. And he's the guy that has—he's the guy that they call to go do the rescues on top of Mount Vincent Massif. I mean, um, he's—he's our polar expert. So he'll be down there with our team.
0: Well, that'll give you some confidence. Now, there's another name that popped up, Neil Carey.
1: Yes. Neil Carey, he will be behind the film camera, yes.
0: Okay, cool. So it sounds like you have a great group of people, but they're all going to be maybe a little chilly because they're all going to be down there in the cold. This is going to maybe push them to their limits as well, I'm thinking.
1: Absolutely, and you think you've picked the right people and you never will find out until push comes to shove, right?
0: Right, yeah, when you put them in that situation, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I know Neil, I'm sure Neil's been in many tough situations uh, and things that he's done everybody has. And, um, and you know, one of the funny things about Jason, who's my navigator, he told me a story. He went down there. They were actually taking the Thomas Reuters car to, and that's the vehicle that they, uh, got the world record in the mm-hmm. second, when they broke their record, he said, the guy was interviewed. They did this whole big, Massive, worldwide kind of process to choose the person that would get to go with him in the vehicle. He even tested with him in Iceland. He got down to Union Glacier. He looked around, realized where he was and what was going to be going on. And he said, I want to go home.
0: I want to go, Mama. I want to go home. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: he did. And he did. He went home.
0: Wow. He went home. Too much. Yeah.
1: Yeah, too much.
0: Wow. You know, this is incredible. And Renee, I always ask my guests about people who've been great inspirations to them. You have no doubt have been an amazing inspiration to so many people. You've been an inspiration to me, as I mentioned, I I talk about you quite a bit uh, as one of those standout guests. And, you know, people always ask me, who's your favorite guest? Well, it's like, who's your favorite child? You can't really say that. But there are people that stand out and you certainly are. Is is there somebody in your life that's been a mentor, a, a, a driving inspiration for you?
1: Wow, on so many different levels, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Curly Haywood when when he was my instructor there at the driving school, you know, he inspired me that I could go do this in the very in the very beginning. Um Doug Mockett, I think I've spoken to you briefly about him. Doug's in his seventies. He has not slowed down. He does he's been doing that law carreras ever since they restarted it and he is always at the top of the pack with the big boys and the studebakers and He's given them a run for their money, and those guys are in their 30s. And he's fearless. I've seen them come across the finish line with two flat tires running on his rim. Oh my I've gosh! I've seen him. I've seen him driving speed stages with no brakes, with no brakes. Oh my and gosh! He doesn't. He doesn't give up. He doesn't quit. He finds a way, and he has been such an inspiration to me to of, of how to live life and how to go after things. So those are a couple of the people that come to mind.
0: No doubt, that's very cool. Now. If you are, and you are a mentor, but you're obviously a great mentor to your daughters and to so many people that have heard about these adventures and the incredible work that you and your team are doing to help uh, combat child trafficking. Uh, If you were going to advise someone who was coming to you and saying, hey, that looks like fun. I think I'm going to go do La Carrera and some of these other rallies. uh, How would you advise them? Now, there's obviously a million details to this stuff, but what would be maybe one or two words of wisdom you would share with them?
1: Mm. count the cost before you go. And I don't mean the cost of money. I'm talking about life and limb Mm -hmm. and make that decision before you get down there. And then when you go put on your big boy pants (laughs) and go do it and don't chicken out and just go and enjoy yourself and just enjoy yourself. So I mean, for me, there's there's always the element of fear, something you have to think about in advance, not when you're racing. But yeah. then go and enjoy yourself, because I find no matter what you what sport you do or what activity you do, if you're passionate about it, if you enjoy it, you will succeed so much more so. And um, just yeah, just go live in that moment and and enjoy it to the max.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a great thing. When I first started vintage racing, Louis Shevchik, who's been a guest, he's a longtime friend of mine. He prepared my race car, and my first race was in the rain up here in the Pacific Northwest in a small open wheel lotus and i was nervous and i'm thinking this is crazy what am i doing i've got kids at home and this car is not safe and it's raining and this car slides and i'm like i'm gonna die and i remember he leaned into the car and he said how you doing and i go i'm a little nervous this rain and he said well mm-hmm. there's a couple of things to remember mark the throttle goes both ways <laughs> okay yeah yeah if you have to back out back out but he said go have fun
1: yeah have fun that's good
0: yeah. Yep. And
1: yeah, that's at, really good.
0: That kind of calmed me down a little bit. Like, okay, that doesn't mean I'm not out here to win anything. I'm out here to enjoy myself and have fun. And that that helped me mm-hmm. quite a bit. So great words of wisdom. We're gonna take a short break, talk to our sponsors today. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge that you see coming up in this adventure if you could only pick one. So keep the seatbelts cinched tight and we'll be right back. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the United States are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young women and men to consider these careers as a viable path to a fulfilling life. I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector here on Cars Yeah, and I know that women make great That's why I support the nonprofit TechForce Foundation and its Women Tech's Rock Initiative to ensure women see themselves in the profession, the industry and the workforce. Learn more at TechForce.org today. So let's talk about this. Obviously, you've encountered massive number of challenges in the rallies you've raced in before, because I'm sure there's things that came at you you had no idea before they hit you, maybe literally Let's talk about a big challenge you see with this upcoming rally. You touched on it earlier, and that's temperature. Usually when people race, it's heat that gets to you. We just uh, watched, I just watched the Formula One race a couple weekends ago, and the guy who came in third, his water system delivery system went out at the beginning of the race in Texas. He didn't have any water, and that's a problem when you're racing in hot weather. What are you anticipating as being your biggest challenge if you had that crystal ball in this upcoming Antarctica adventure,
1: yeah. Well, Mark, we did not get to test the car, other than Kieran, who was the who's the engineer running around his backyard when they had a big snow last winter in the UK. Yeah, on grass, right? <laughs> uh, There was gr- grass and snow. Uh, we haven't tested the car. Oh wow! So there, it's very fear. Theor- it's all very much in theory right now, and uh, I know. One of the massive concerns they have is actually the, the car overheating when, when it comes to the gearbox, the strain on the gearbox. Mm. And um, if there's just so much stress that will be on those parts and yeah. on different components of the car, whether it's the, um, the I mean, I mean that's one of the actual things is they don't want me to go too fast. And so it's a good thing that we're not racing against other cars because we can, if the car starts having problems, we can stop and we can wait. And, and, um, but really that's, that's the concern that we're not going to burn up, we're not going to burn up some key parts in the car.
0: Right. Well, especially with the way it's been modified, it is. And again, listeners, you, you can go to their website. I'll put links. And I was sent a whole bunch of pictures by Christina of the car, some beautiful shots. And I looked at it and I went, what on earth have you done to the Porsche? Again, it just looks so wild and crazy. It's very fitting that this is really the final of your seven continent adventures that you're up to. Is there a bucket list item after this that you're looking up? towards is there something in the or are we gonna restore the porsche back to its street driving and maybe calm down or is there more adventures ahead for renee
1: wow i can't imagine parking this car yeah i just can't imagine that so it's going to be doing something and i've got several ideas that are cooking okay i don't know which i don't know which one but that car is not going to be just Put in a garage somewhere. Right. Uh, it has many more stories to tell, many more roads to travel, and uh, it's it's our platform. It's our platform for raising awareness and raising funds for child trafficking. And it has this personality. It has its own notoriety. So I just something else that where we can make a difference and make a change. Uh, we'll be using that car.
0: You know, I love the fact that you're using this as a platform for change tell us a little bit about the history how you acquired the car it's a 1956 porsche 356a coupe so when you think about it this is a very old car uh porsche's of course been known for their sportiness and racing prowess throughout the years but again we're talking about a very this car is older than me and i'm feeling kind of old once in a while maybe a few days so i'm thinking Okay. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. So, why did you pick this car? Where did the car come into your life, and did it come into your life with the thought that you were looking for something to do these great adventures in?
1: Oh, it was the car that got chosen to do that. Have to gotta go race, gotta go do this racing thing, right? right and right. Uh, and I and I just had uh, my husband has a cousin who raced old Corvettes and. And I, so I had this, oh, I love the way those old cars look. And so when I saw this one, he purchased one. He was going to restore it. And that was right at the time that I was going to go do my one-off race, check yep. the box, yep. saw that car. And it was like, oh, my gosh, that's my car. That's the car. I just love the way that car looks. i would never seen one before. And uh, I, fe- I fell in love with it.
0: Yeah, they have a, they have a personality. I think the old Porsche 356 is. It's a car that I've always wanted to have. Of course, from the time you bought it to now, they've become very, very unobtainium expensive. Uh, those old cars have just become more and more expensive. And I know when I had, even back when I had you on the show originally, people were saying, how can you do that to a car like that? It's such a classic, but that's what they were made for. And they were made to race. And Porsche were the giant killers. They went out like you did at La Carrera. And they beat cars that were double, triple the horsepower because of the way they handled and so forth. So that car has really become an extension of your personality is the way I see it.
1: Exactly right. What you said is I call it my alter ego. <laughs> you, I've, lived, I've lived so many moments in that car, right? Yeah, yeah. Your, your life flying before your eyes, uh, standing on a podium, uh, seeing children doing in, in Africa, doing backflips on the hood of the car. Um, <laughs> I mean, just so many moments in that car that it's exactly what you're saying. It's like my, it's just like an, an embodiment. They become an embodiment of ourselves.
0: Well, I asked my guests now something that I didn't ask you, and you just answered the question. I always ask people, if you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why? You just answered that question, I believe.
1: Yeah, I would yeah. say so. I'm not going to, I can't, I can't, uh, turn my back
0: on this little car. No, no, it's it's such a part of of this incredible part of your life. So, I want to talk about the most important part of everything you're doing and that's your Valkyrie Gives. Valkyrie Racing is the name of your racing team. Valkyrie Gives is this extension of what you've done because what I love about you Renee is you decided to go out on an adventure, but you use this adventure to not only push yourself and dare yourself to do things you would never done. But as a platform to try to fight something that I think is one of the most important things going on and has been going on for tragically far too long, and that's to fight child trafficking globally, not just here in the United States. I believe, and you can talk more about this, this is a problem that is way bigger than I believe most people realize. It's something you almost don't even want to consider or think about because it's just so horrible. And I'm I'm sad to say lots of times people, they don't even want to talk about it because it's like, I don't want to think about that that even happens, that there are people that do this. So if we can dive into this a little bit, why is this so important to you and your team? And and talk a little bit more to help people out there learn that this is a serious, serious, big problem around the globe it's it's horrific
1: yeah what you said about people don't want to hear or don't want to look at it that was basically my first feeling when i heard about it um i got introduced to this through someone i met on a tour bus undercover guy for the fbi he worked to find people that were making and using child pornography of children like five years and younger kids that he's that how he described kids who were too young to talk, couldn't tell mommy and daddy mm-hmm. what was going on. And so he explained to me how this is a massive problem and in our country and in a lot of uh, Western countries and, and that, that leads into child trafficking because what people see, they want to then act upon. They're no longer satisfied just to see they want to do. And, and so I thought, Oh gosh, how, I mean, your, your gut is wrenched. You're sick to your stomach. Your heart is just like, you know, like, you know you're feeling all of that. And then, it, and I said, I don't feel like I can do anything about this. And how would you talk about it? And how would you even have an impact on this? Right. And, and then it was shortly after that, that I was on a tour bus, not a tour bus, excuse me, a, a rental car bus, pick up a rental car. I sat down next to a gentleman. I looked, I call him a gentleman. Um, He wasn't a gentleman. I looked over at his phone and there was a pornographic image of a very young child on his phone. Oh God! And I said, this is not a coincidence. I've had these things, things, these two things happen to me in this short period of time. This thing is knocking on my door. And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So that's how it started. And then it was, how do you talk about it? How do you explain this to people? How do you approach people about it? How do you get involved? How do you make a change? And then learning all about it and and, um, and then realizing because of our voice, this was all was like we have this voice. We've been doing things for children in Mexico, but we want to do more for people. It's not enough, you know, to just for us to go down and give sports equipment and books for the library, whatever, at an orphanage. Yeah, that's awesome, but we need to do something much more. And at the same time we were feeling this is, you know, I was having people put a microphone in front of my face saying, who, are, who is this woman doing this stuff in Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. And realizing we have people listening to us, so why mm-hmm. can't we do something to affect change? And so that's how Valkyrie Gifts started, just to give a little information about what is child trafficking. So child trafficking can be for the use of labor or it can be used, used for sex. The majority of children that are trafficked, it is for sex. And, and it is the second largest illegal business in the world next to drug trafficking.
0: Holy cow. But it, That's horrifying.
1: It's much more lucrative because a drug they have to get, they have to manufacture, sell, it's consumed. Now I got to get more drugs so I can sell, right? right? A child, you can sell over and over and over again.
2: Mm. It's
1: an ongoing, it's a commodity that you can just keep selling, right? How many times a day? So there's anywhere, the estimates are anywhere between 25 and 40 million people are trafficked. And of that 25 million million people are trafficked. And of that, 25% are children,
2: 25%
1: of children. So we're looking at anywhere between, what, eight, with my math right No, seven, six, six, six times four, 24, yeah, six and 10 million children, six and 10 million children. It's a $150 billion industry, $150 billion annually. And these I are gotcha. just rough estimates, and, we, and they believe it's much more. So we just said, you know, we want to raise awareness. We want to raise money. We want to help educate children so they don't get trafficked. We want to be involved in rescue of children that are being trafficked. And we want to be involved in the restoration of the lives of those children that have been trafficked. And something that we always say is God given us three things. We have our time, we have our talent, and we have our resources. And and if you can, and we can, we want to do all three. So we actually, I get involved in um, what I call boots on the ground. We go in and um, visit the organizations that... Um, How the girls after that they've been trafficked and brought in, usually through law enforcement that they're they're brought there because there's no place to take them, you either put them in a jail or you have a home and there's so few homes so we support these homes. And then uh, we've supported uh, writing programs for education for kids, uh, so that because a lot of this happens on the Internet, even in these small villages and these small countries, you know, like Peru, in the Andes. It's still, you'll see them on their little laptops or their iPads or whatever they call them, right. and um, they're being approached. And then the other thing is I get involved personally. I've had the honor of being involved in two um, undercover investigative um, evidence gathering. let's call them missions, I guess you could say. I'm a part of a team. Mm-hmm. where we go and we interface with girls that are being trafficked and and traffickers themselves and I recently got back from Latin America where I sat across from a man on a beach and he you know we would told him we were there to buy girls and we said you know we let him know we wanted chicas that were younger mm-hmm. so first he's showing us the girls that are maybe 18 19 20 something no. And we have a cover, we have a cover name, we have a cover story, and we're working with local law enforcement. The thing is, they need us to get evidence for them. Mm-hmm. They need someone to get the evidence and tee it up. And foreigners are a lot of times the buyers, right? So if you yeah. can come in and, 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 and have this entree with these people, you can't believe how many traffickers I talk to. This man is showing me on his phone scrolling, and I'm seeing these images, a provocative images of very young girls. And, and I'm thinking, this is our guy. This yeah. is our guy. He's, he's he, you know, this is a target for us to go after. Give this to police so they can go and, and create a whole, like, sting operation. Find yeah. out who he works for. What is all this? So I'm probably giving you something. It's very getting very granular. But, you know, you come home from one of those things, and it's like it takes two or three weeks to get it so that you aren't, like.
0: Right, consumed by it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's just like because every day you're in any way um, it's soul-wrenching horrific. You're dealing with the most despicable people. And this man is not only trafficking these young girls on the phone, his daughter is being sold. Oh my gosh. And and um anyway what can I say? I really felt it was important to see with my own eyes. Right. I wanted to see with my own eyes.
0: It becomes very real and uh yeah, and having daughters as you do, I've got a daughter, uh and even young boys are trafficked that you really just it's hard to fathom and that that's why mm-hmm. i wanted you to talk about this and one of the things that you're doing is you raise money and one of the things you mm-hmm. have is your donate three uh, hashtag donate three five six uh there's a uh ability for listeners out there to donate three hundred and fifty six dollars to this specific venture all this money goes to help fight all of this it's not just funding or not I'm, you correct me it's not funding mm-hmm. your ability to go have fun mm-hmm. this is something separate mm-hmm. All the money raised goes to fight this. But even if you can't afford that, what are maybe one or two ways or three that somebody listening out there that, I mean, we all know this goes on, but you just don't want to think about it because it's so beyond imagination and so horrible that Mm -hmm. the average person listening can do to? to affect some level of change. Not everybody has 356 bucks to give or they don't feel they have mm-hmm. or whatever, but mm-hmm. if, if you were going to, you know, like, what can I do to help fight this?
1: Yeah. Well, I, first I wanted just to address so people understand, for instance, our Antarctica um, race, I call it a race, a race against the elements, is 100% sponsored by PXG. And that's, so our racing gets sponsored and this money that we take in for donations is totally separate. Every dollar we get in, we give out, we have no overhead. We take no salaries for that. We don't pay any kind of um, any cost for anything for that. It's just given our time is just given to do all that, whether it's going down doing investigative work, none of that, none of those dollars that are given to us go to any of that. And every dollar we give goes to these frontline organizations that are in these three baskets, right? Education, rescue and rehabilitation. But how they can what they can do, let me tell you what they can do. First of all, find out what's going on. Learn about what's happening. Don't turn your head from something because it it doesn't make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. yeah it's horrific it's ugly it's the ugliest part of humanity what they do to children the pe- the ones we're supposed to be protecting and caring for and nurturing right but find out and then find out if you have children what are your children doing because so much of this happens grooming goes on in these chat rooms and people pose as someone their age mm-hmm. or a friend and girls are especially in their preteen years they're very vulnerable and boys mm-hmm. lack of confidence lack of this who are they their families trying to figure things out right? right so the story is usually the same so know what your children are doing knowing what they're doing on these devices and who they're talking to because that's a lot of times how it starts or they'll in the united states they'll be in a mall and they're looking for the girl who's walking around who doesn't have self-confidence or sort of lagging behind the other girls or all by herself. So get involved in your kid's lives and know what they're doing and what's going on and open up channels and start giving them some awareness, what they need to protect themselves from and what's out there. And so educate yourself, educate your children, and then keep your eyes open when you're around, just start opening your eyes to observe what's happening. You know, we were in this area and just watching. Oh Yeah. Uh, at ten o'clock, all the young girls come out, and then this is happening. The traffickers are coming, out, or whatever. Just uh, start observing in your environment. And we, you know, we have donate three, five, six, right? But any dollar, one dollar, ten dollars, whatever, any dollar, any contribution is massive. It all is all these things. Unfortunately, we need money. Money is the fuel for everything, right? And to to make a change. And so I think, first of all, get yourself educated. Find out what's going on in your community. Find out what's going on with your children. And then anything you can do to talk about, to educate people, I think a lot of that does start with making people aware. And that's the easiest thing for people to do. Now, not everybody has uh, the ability to go down and, and, and to get involved in this kind of investigative work. And, I, and, you sh- and you shouldn't feel badly that you can't or that you... But anything you can do in, in any of this, whether it's like we, what we said, you have time, talent, resources. If what you can do is give money, give money. If you have time to volunteer time than volunteer if you have resources in yourself or talents that you can give right mm-hmm. then go give those talents whether you're a, a mentor for girls that have come out of this or helping girls so they don't get into it um and i say girls because it's mostly girls but it's also boys as you mentioned it's also boys
0: yeah are there places that people can go to learn more because i was talking to somebody about this actually last week. And he said, well, last thing I want to do is search on my computer, child pornography, because I, first of all, I don't want to see anything that might come up. Secondly, if somebody looks at my computer and goes, why were you searching that? Um, yeah. Are there safe places for people to go to learn more about this challenge or whatever it is that so they don't end up in, in trouble or, or heaven forbid, sure. crossing things they they don't want to see?
1: Yeah. So absolutely you don't want to be searching for child pornography because the punishment for one image, just one image. And every time you open up and look at that image, there's a sentence to that. Last thing you want to do is <laughs> yeah. having that on your computer.
2: Exactly. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but there's organizations out there like the National Center for Missing and Exported Children, right? There's Places like Polaris, um, the government has, um, it used to be called um, Innocence Lost, but I think they changed the name of that. That's the undercover. You know, I put in my Google Alerts, you know, you could put Google Alerts on, and I have a Google Alert that says child trafficking. I get a Google Alert almost every day of some crime That's being committed against children in this country, just in this country, an arrest being made, a celebrity that's doing this, a politician that's doing it, a teacher, a fireman or whatever, of of children being found. Uh, There's so many things that you can learn if you just even put in a Google alert like that phrase. You'll learn about what's happening just in our country and in all of this. So um, those would be a few things if you just want to learn about it
0: okay and obviously for listeners out there the easiest thing to do would be to uh if they go to valkyrie gives uh, or valkyrie racing there's a is there a place there for people if they want to donate something some money to help what you're doing so that it's channeled right to the right person the right uh the right pro, uh, yes. prospects
1: yes and we spend a lot of time vetting because we want to know where every dollar is going and each dollar to have its biggest impact so um it, yeah they would If they would want to partner with us and come alongside of us, we would be so honored. It's just FalkyRacing.com slash donate. I think that's what it is. Um, Or just go to our website and you'll see it on there. Yeah, anything that people can do. I mean, we always say, what's the life of one child worth?
0: Well, it's just a, such an important thing. And one of the cool things that a Renee and her team are doing, is I mentioned, a uh, $356 donation obviously ties to the, the car. The miles are going to be traveling. Uh, you can use the hashtag Donate356. If you do that, I understand you get your name uh, on the inside of the hood of the car. And there's uh, I think you're going to uh, mail people a hat or something like that. Not that people do this to get a hat, but maybe it's a spur or something that makes people feel like they're part of your cause, that they're helping in some way because they don't know of a way. And that's why I wanted to talk in depth about the other ways people can help today. So I'll put links to all that on Renee's show notes page so you can uh, do that and help. I think it's tremendous. You know, I I asked my guests about a great book that they've read. With all your traveling, uh, do you get time to read books? And is there maybe a book you've read this past year you would like to share?
1: Oh wow! I've had so little time to read lately.
0: <laughs> I'll bet.
1: Wow. <laughs> to be frank, I read my Bible every day. I guess, there you go. Just because I get, I, it feeds my soul, right? Yeah, yeah. And I then, understand. and then, and then, there's. Uh, I've been reading this book zero 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 Roberto Saviano. It's written by Natalia, Very interesting um, about again, the underworld and crime and, and what's fueling the economy. And it's part of the uh, zero, zero, zero is triple lot, which is what people who deal with cocaine and um, involved with the massive uh, drug trafficking of cocaine around the world yeah. and how it's funding the, the economies of most nations and the collapse of nations and everything else. So it's just super interesting. Uh, this guy is a, an investigative journalist talking about it. So, hmm. <laughs> Sort of some things I'm interested in. Some
0: crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, definitely going on in the world. So before I let you go, and uh, I wish you and your team a great safety, great success on this next adventure. You just, you completely blow me away, Renee. It's just in- incredible. Is there maybe a final parting words of wisdom, a mantra, some uh, uh, inspiring words you might share with us today?
1: You know, I was, late, you know, they were doing an article recently and they said, do you have any quotes? And I thought, gosh, quotes, quotes. And I, I just, Stop and thought you know we have one chance at this life we get one go at it and you want to be able to look back and know you gave it your all and whatever that means for you whatever that means for each person is to contemplate that and to live that your life thoughtfully around that um
0: i love it great and that's definitely something you are up to oh my gosh this is really cool listeners i'll put links to everything we've talked about today on renee's show notes page if you missed my first talk with her back in 2017 you can go back and find it on the Carja yeah website now remember this was when she was just starting this great adventure and since then she has been all over the world in that little 356 raised a massive amount of money to fight this horrible situation with child trafficking and here we go again another great adventure down in the cold so uh we know you're Going to do great. We wish you and your teams, like I said, great safety and wellness on this trip. Renee, hey, thank you for being such an inspirational person, for sharing with us this next great adventure. I can't wait to talk to you when you get back. When will you be back home after this adventure? Mid-December?
1: Mid-December, yep. If the weather allows, we'll be back in the on the ground of the USA, like December 17th.
0: There you go. Just in time for Christmas. Awesome. Well, it'll be a very special Christmas for sure. Well, until you and I talk again, have a wonderful time. Great adventures. All the success in the world to you and your team. I'll see you, Renee, down the road.
1: Oh, that sounds great. Mark, thank you.
0: You're welcome. This has been great. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.